Welcome to Creative in Tech. Powered by Reed Speaker. Technology is constantly evolving, and the companies that adapt win. In this podcast, you'll hear from companies and thought leaders across various verticals who blend the art and science in one of the biggest growing spaces in technology, conversational AI. You'll hear how they're creating the touchtone experiences that will define the next generation of customer strategy. Join me, Carrie Roberts, your host for this podcast and the brand evangelist for North America at readspeaker.ai as we explore the intersection of creative and tech. Welcome to Creative and Tech, a podcast show powered by readspeaker.ai. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'm the brand evangelist for North America at ReadSpeaker. And this show is all about highlighting the various brands, organizations, and people that are creatively using one of the fastest growing spaces in technology, conversational AI. And in these next few conversations, we are chatting with people about the banking and the financial industry and how they are creatively using this technology to enhance, grow, innovate, and improve their customer strategy and journey. And joining me today is another fabulous guest. I have Miss Tess Tedelin. She is a conversational designer at Chatlayer, where they develop conversational agents built for enterprises. So welcome, Tess. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so I really enjoy talking to conversational designers. I was telling you earlier, you always blend so much of that creative and tech in what you do. So before we get into our big conversation, for you personally... What is it about conversational design that excites you and wanted you to be a part of this space in general? Um, I mean, the funny thing is that um, I didn't know conversational AI was a thing, you know, until a few years ago, because um, this stuff wasn't really around when I had to pick a degree at university. Um, but I've always been really interested in uh, language, you know, the words that we use to express ourselves um, I've always been interested in technology and especially now it's become such an important part of our lives. Um, you know, psychology is also super interesting. Why do we do what we do? Um, why do we want what we want? And I think conversational AI really happens at the intersection of all those things. So when I, you know, transitioned from UX copywriting into conversational AI, I was like, okay, this is what I've been working towards my entire career. This makes total sense for me to be here. Um, and I guess what I love about the role itself is that it's so diverse. You know, one day I'll be coming up with uh, 200 ways to say thank you. And the next day, I'll be tinkering with um, SSML to really make my voice bot sound the way I envisioned it. So the role is really cool. And I think conversational AI is, you know, I really believe in it because it opens up so many possibilities to so many people. Um, I make sure that, you know, technology understands humans and not the other way around, which means that way more people can now benefit uh, from this technology. And I think that's what makes it so exciting. You just said some really great stuff there. Technology should be benefiting the human. And I think that's really, like you said, it shouldn't be the other way around. That's such an important line. And then you talked about too, this kind of trifecta of this mix of language and writing, technology and psychology. 
And really how those three things, when they're, they're done well, create great conversational AI. I've never really heard it said exactly that way. So thank you for sharing that. That's beautifully said. Um, you know, we are talking about the banking and financial vertical for today. When you look at maybe what's going on, you know, obviously you're not directly in that space, but when you look at what's going on in that world, do you see any trends happening or things happening in general when it comes to AI and especially conversational AI? Hmm. Um, that's a good question because you know, the banking and finance industry is made up by so many organizations and companies and they're quite different, but also similar. And I think sadly, they do have the reputation of being rather traditional. And, you know, older generations, they associate traditional with dependability and trust. But I think younger generations we're a bit skeptical if this bank, you know, can provide services that fit our lifestyle and our digital lifestyle. And I think this industry is so, so exciting because they are innovating rapidly and they're really leveraging the power of conversational AI. I see a lot of um, new banks that are thinking and presenting themselves as a consumer brand. So they have a distinct tone of voice. They focus on, you know, personalization. Uh, they offer, you know, omni-channel services. And that really fits with what consumers want nowadays. So I think, you know, keep an eye on this industry. It's, it's, we're seeing a lot of use cases that we're like, wow, that's great use of conversational AI. Yes, I agree. I think you're right. It's, the original feeling is kind of traditional, but now they've had to expand, especially the younger generations. You know, they're constantly on their phone and using apps. Um, you know, looking at even we talk about extended things like crypto, Bitcoin, you know, all these different things that are kind of coming into play and, and being aware of that uh, as a whole. When you look at maybe some of the things that your company has done in terms of research, you know, what are you, whatever you can share, what are you seeing that? Uh, people are reacting to, responding to what's working in conversational AI, whether it is a chatbot or a voice bot. Do you have anything you can share along those lines? I mean, yeah, I think people are definitely excited about conversational AI. And since it's also getting easier and easier to use, we also see a lot of companies, you know, automating services and having really good results with that. Clients um, adopt this kind of service really fast as well. And I believe it was um, Gartner who said that in the future, people will have more conversations with AI bots than with their own spouse. And, you know, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just going to leave that in the middle. But so there's definitely enthusiasm. And I think when you can make a service, you know, an existing service, when you can make it more efficient and more personalized and more fun, you know, what's not to like? So especially with voice as well. That's, that's like a whole other uh, world opening up. It's way more personal. And I think people are ready for that. People expect that nowadays. Yeah, uh, you're right. We are going to be having more conversations with um, bots. But I think you know people think of bots as like, oh, it's a terrible experience. It's robotic. But it's not that way anymore. And it's going to continue to improve that. Yeah, we're going to be aware it's not a human being. Um, because the brain understands that, but it can still be a good experience for the things that we need, that we need answered quickly or that late at night or whatever is available. Can you talk a little bit about the difference uh, between chatbots and voice bots? 
what the value is in maybe having both. Um, and for people that say, well, I have a chatbot, that's enough. Why my adding voice to it may also be a benefit. Voice is being used. I, I think first I want to talk about how voice creates a much more personalized experience because, you know, voice is excellent for conveying emotion. Um, with text, you can try and do so by, you know, using emojis or phrasing things a certain way, but it still depends on how the user is interpreting that. And with voice, there's this instant emotion because our brains are wired for that. You know, the pitch of someone's voice, uh, the rhythm with which we speak, um, you know, the warmth of a voice, those little vocal bursts, uh, you know, like, hmm, or ah, those, those convey so much emotion, so, so much emotion. Um, so I think that's a really interesting field for companies to look into and create a really personalized brand experience. It's, it's much easier with voice or much more powerful with voice. Um, and then I think also voice in terms of, uh, you know, usage, it's more inclusive. You know, I think some people don't feel very comfortable writing in a specific language, especially if it's not your native language. So if you can pick up the phone and try to have a conversation like that, I think it's easier. Um, and also when people are on the go, right, when they're in the car or walking around and they are like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. It, it's easier on the, on, um, on the phone, right? Because you can do other stuff in between. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. Uh, we were talking offline about, you know, uh, speaking different languages. And some people, you're right, do feel comfortable trying to speak, uh, can understand more, can articulate more than they can through writing, even in their own language. You know, English in general is a, is a hard language to sometimes type out, to write out grammar, all of those things. So I agree with that. Can you share a little bit about uh, any use cases that Chatlayer has, um, primarily in banking and financial, or maybe others that, uh, you know, what was the problem? What did you create? What was maybe some of the feedback or the data that kind of came in from utilizing this in an institution? Sure. Um, I think one of one of the coolest use cases that I've seen is um, we have a client that's one of that's a huge bank in Congo, Africa, and they um, they build a chatbot that handles you know all sorts of banking tasks uh, from product discovery to opening an online account. Everything's um, mobile, and that's pretty cool because just like a lot of other banks in Africa. This one completely skipped the step of credit cards. So they went straight from cash to mobile payments and to implement a bot in that process makes total sense because, you know, this bank's clients already expect a mobile first experience. And if you add conversational AI to that, all of this can happen seamlessly. So that's really interesting. Um, we also have another client, which is a big bank here in Belgium. And they um, have two chatbots. So one is for clients. Um, they help clients find uh, personalized offers and personalized products. And I also love that because instead of, you know, one size fits all, one-way communication, um, clients can now have a, an actual conversation with the bank and the bank can find out like, what does this client need and what products uh, fits this client specifically. So that's really cool. But then they also have a second chatbot that's for internal use. Um, and the chatbot kind of works with the HR team, with the human resources team. And so employees can 
you know, um, ask all sorts of questions related to their contract, or they can check how many vacation days they have left. And I also really like seeing that, that, you know, they have two bots for internal, external use. That's really cool. Yeah, I agree. I think being able to have internal and external, and they serve different purposes. You know, you think I, you just gave a great example with HR. You know, I thought the other day I was like, wait, okay, holidays are coming up. What days do we have off? And I was trying to like look through emails and like I can ask the HR person, but I know she's busy. And the, you know, you could kind of maybe click around, but to be able to ask, like you said, a conversational AI, some of those basics, or, you know, if you could say, okay, oh, I'm going to take off this day. Can you add it? You know, there are uses for internal. And then, like you said, with the one in Africa too, the external option as well. You had mentioned, um, you know, the importance of the voice when we talk about, you know, really creating a robust conversational AI in terms of sonic branding, TTS, voices, multimodal. Um, and Chatlayer does work with ReadSpeaker and utilizes our voices. Can you talk a little bit about the value of that and how it enhances a conversational AI experience? Yeah, sure. I mean, on Chatlayer, we offer um, you know custom voices made by ReadSpeaker, and we see a lot of clients using those voices over you know the standard Google Voice because they are so personalized and. More importantly, they're localized because in Belgium, we speak Dutch and in the Netherlands, they speak Dutch, but we pronounce it way different and words have different meanings. So when I'm in Belgium and I call a company and I, I get a you know Dutch person from the Netherlands talking to me, it doesn't feel right. It feels, you know, I'm in Belgium. I want a Flemish person. So it's really cool that through ReadSpeaker, we can offer Flemish voices Dutch voices, and it just creates this more natural experience. Yeah, I think that's important because, as you said, there's the dialect. You know, we even think about English, US English versus UK English. There are different words or different things that have meaning, even though it's technically English. So that adds another layer. I love that you're talking about this kind of localized feel as well. Um, if banks and institutionals uh banks and financial institutions are watching and they're saying okay i've heard about conversational ai maybe they've started a little bit or maybe they want to add something do you have maybe like one tip or piece of advice that you would give them in either on how to start with conversational ai or one thing to really be considering when they're building this i'm going to do both i just want to do both perfect <laughs> i think step 1 um, and I think if, you know, some of my colleagues are watching, they're going to laugh because I always say scoping, scoping, scoping. It's like a mantra. Um, but really know what you want this bot to do for your clients. So you first need to know who your clients are, what their needs are, what their wants are, and then how is going to, you know, introduce, when you introduce a bot, how is that going to help those clients? Um, so scope your use cases really well. Make sure that you know what you want this bot to do and what you don't want this bot to do, because then it will become much easier to create the actual conversation. Don't try to do everything at once. You know, start small, do it really well, and then you can build on top of it and make a really, really good chatbot or voice bot. Um, and then secondly, I would also say once you have, you know, that functionality, once once that's there really leverage the power of conversational AI. Um, there's a lot of bots out there that are functional, so they do what they have to do. 
but they're so boring to use. And, you know, people are not going to come back to a bot like that, even if it's functional. So I would say the way to a user's heart is by delighting them and by surprising them. And functionality is clean. It's the most important thing. But once your bot works properly, go for that personality, go for that really personalized, rich experience um, and make it as human-like as you can. Because if I go to a bank to open an account and the person helping me is really nice and, you know, maybe they crack a good joke, I'm going to walk out of there thinking, I'm so happy I picked this bank. I'm going to come back to this bank and I'm going to stick with this bank. And I think the same goes for bots, like focus on the actual overall experience and make it as rich and personal as you can. It makes sense that you're a conversational designer because the way you've been talking with your words is just beautiful. Uh, I agree. It you, you said it has to be functional. It has to work. That's like kind of the bare minimum. But really adding that personalization, whether that is with the way it's being spoken, the voice that's coming out, the sounds, that is going to create a great customer experience, just like you would before conversational AI. You know, how did you do that on your website? How did you do that in person? How did you do that on a mobile app? It's that same concept. It's just in a new piece of technology. So love that. If people want to learn more about Chatlayer or about yourself, or they have any questions about what we spoke about today, where is the best place to do that? Um, I think the best way to stay in touch with, with, um, with Chatler is through our websites. Um, we also have a bot on the website and there are two jokes hidden in there. So if you can find them, I would love to hear what you think. Um, and of course I'm also very active on Twitter. I tweet a lot about conversation design, uh, but the AI industry in general, I also tweet about inclusive tech, about voice design. So you can follow me, um, at testetlin. And then there's also my Medium account where I write more in-depth articles about how to do certain things within conversation uh, AI. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tess, for sharing your passion for this space and the great work that Chatlayer is doing. We at ReadSpeaker love working with all of you. And thank you so much for being a part of this show today. And if you're watching or listening, don't forget to subscribe to our ReadSpeaker AI YouTube channel to catch other live videos, as well as our audio podcast called Creative in Tech, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Creative in Tech. Want to learn more about conversational AI, text-to-speech, or be notified of our upcoming episodes and events? Learn more at readspeaker.ai.